he just wrote me uh, recently, last week or two, and said, I want you to know I'm still discipling people. And he said, you, you told me that evangelism wasn't enough. We needed to also disciple people. So he said, I'm discipling a guy that I met when I visited a prison. And I began to disciple him. He's now out of prison. I'm helping him put his life together. So he just said, I want you to know I'm still doing it. Hmm. Um, that was just, uh, I mean, that's 60 years ago. Yeah. So when I think of what motivates me in this whole um, journey of being a disciple and making disciples is that that anybody anybody really can do it. It doesn't take uh, <clears throat> a lot of skill other than a willingness to say to somebody, would you come with me and I'll teach you what I know. What is success in the disciple-making process? What would you call a win? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This time, we will wrap up this series with Mr. Ron Bennett. Ron and his wife, Mary, are senior Navigator staff. Ron has led discipleship ministries on university campuses, military bases, in churches, and in the workplace. He had a background in aerospace engineering and the military before coming on staff with the Navigators. Be sure to check out some resources from Ron and Mary and others as listed in the show notes. Well, let's get right into today's podcast as I ask Ron to share a personal story about investing in others and how this has reverberated down through the years of spiritual generations. When I got involved with uh, the Navigators back at uh, university, it was through a one-to-one relationship with a with a, a student who was a couple years ahead of me, and his name was Larry Bleeker, and he invited me into this apprenticeship with him, and basically said, "Would you walk with me, and I'll help you walk with Christ?" Uh, I had already been I was already a believer, but I had not had anyone mentor me, and I was I was a little bit uncomfortable with living out my Christianity, although I I knew I was, you know, I'd go to heaven. But uh, Larry began to help me put it together, and he basically used the wheel illustration. And so he developed that with me and then taught me how to share my faith and how to help somebody grow. And so one of the first uh, guys that I shared, the we, we used uh, the bridge illustration, which is a gospel presentation that you can draw out. So I learned that. I learned how to, you know, my testimony, I learned the bridge illustration. And a friend from high school who was also at the university with me, he was in a fraternity. So over um, Easter that first year, we were visiting at home, and I had just learned the bridge illustration. So I said to Rick, he was a Methodist, by the way, and, and I had tried to witness uh, to him before, and I would say things like, uh, Rick, do you believe in God? And he would say, well, I'm a Methodist. Of course I believe in God. And, and that was that was the further our conversation. I didn't know where else to go. So I learned the bridge illustration. I drew it out for him, and I asked him where he was, and and, and he said, I don't think I'm on God's side. Anyway, uh, later that night, he prayed, invited Christ into his life, and I began to help him grow. In the fraternity, then, he took what he learned from me and began then to share it with other students, and he led some guys in his fraternity to Christ. And uh, then I helped him, and he he helped them. And anyway, that was uh, over sixty years ago. Rick had a career as an in the IT field, raised a family, was involved in discipling people, 
in his career uh, over the years, went to Romania during the summer and helped uh, do evangelism and so forth. He just wrote me uh, recently, last week or two, and said, I want you to know I'm still discipling people. Mm-hmm. And he said, you, you told me that evangelism wasn't enough. We needed to also disciple people. So he said, I'm discipling a guy that I met when I visited a prison. And I began to disciple him. He's now out of prison. I'm helping him put his life together. So he just said, I want you to know I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just, uh, I mean, that's 60 years ago. Yeah. So yeah. when I think of what motivates me in this whole journey of being a disciple and making disciples is that that anybody anybody really can do it. It doesn't take a lot of skill other than a willingness to say to somebody, would you come with me and I'll teach you what I know. Hmm. And the the more intentional we can be about it, the easier it is to pass it on. But it doesn't really take a whole lot other than being willing to be vulnerable and say, would you walk with me and I'll teach you what I know. And so in my discipling, when I start with a, with a, with a guy, I'm pretty upfront with what I'm doing. And, um, I've got a guy I've been uh, discipling the last, um, since, uh, probably last February he came to me because his marriage was in a crisis and he was already a believer. And he heard that I could help uh, people, you know, and I said to him, well, I got to tell you, Paul, I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm a discipleship coach. And so here's what I can do for you. I said, I can't promise I can fix your marriage, but I can help you walk with God. And if in that God fixes your marriage, that's just a added deal. So I said, if you want to, if you want to relate to me on that basis, I can help you learn to walk with God. So for the last eight months, we've been learning how to build in the foundational concepts of skills. And in the process, God is healing the marriage. When I started with Paul, I said, this is what I do. And I'm not doing it just for you. I'm doing this for you, but also for the people then, for the people you will, you and pass this on with. And so I'm doing this so that you can do this with somebody else. And so then I, then I shared with him my description, my definition. I'm saying, this is where we're going. And so then I picked some tools and, and we head out, but I'm pretty upfront with people in terms of what it is that we're trying to do and where we're going so they know that there's a plan. Yeah, that's very helpful. I was going to ask about that, how much you relate to them, this whole big picture. And it sounds like you're pretty specific. You say, hey, this is what I can do. This is how I can help you if you want to go that way. So that's, right. that's good. Yeah, And I, it helps both of us so that that I'm not um, wasting time with somebody who, you know, not sure that that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Um Oftentimes, I'll ask, I'll start with asking a person, you know, describe your relationship with God. What is it like on a scale of one to 10? Let's say, well, how do you, and if they say, well, it's like a six or a seven, and I'm going, well, what would you like it to be like? <laughs> and if they say, well, seven or eight, then I'll say, okay, would you like some help in getting there? One and two, would you like my help? And so when we're kind of buying in, we're trying to get a, Sort of a personal contract. Then I need. Then I want to explain to them what this looks like, so that we're not just you know talking in in myth, mythical terms, but that we actually there actually is a plan. Hmm. And so I'm I'm pretty upfront with the contract. And then usually there's a period of time where you know six months or so where we we just try it and see if it's gonna how it's doing. And there's always the option if this is not fitting, 
uh, they can back out or I can back out. As we move along, I raise the, 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 the expectations go up. Mm-hmm. And so I need, they need to know that we're, ma- we're going to move in a direction where it's going to require greater commitment as we go along. Yeah. How would you define success in a disciple-making relationship? Someone starts out uh, and you've, you've set up front what your goal is and hear what their goal is and you agree to you know, get together on a regular basis. But then let's say it doesn't work out in six months. Would you consider that a failure or how would you define success? Yeah, uh, good, good question. I, I think when, when I think of discipleship as a process, uh, and I also, and we could relate this to evangelism because evangelism is a process. The same principle applies. My, I believe my goal is with an individual is to help identify where they are and help them make the next step. And if I can move them one step closer to maturity, then it's a win for both them and me, even though I may not be there for the whole period of time, which is, which is probably more normal is that we intersect with people along their spiritual journey of maturity at different places. It's rare that we would lead somebody to Christ as a, you know, infant and, and, and be with them all the way through to maturity. It, life is more complex than that. People move in and out. And so normally what I find is that I intersect with a person and, and I help and make, make them work, um, make it through sort of a stage in their journey. And then either they move or something happens and, you know, somebody else will come along and help them hopefully make the next step in the journey. So if, if we're thinking process, then I think we, then we can, and, and we're intentional. Then if I can lay some foundational blocks in a, in a person's life and that's all we do, then that's a win. But my goal, my, the big picture is success is. Uh, in, in the physical terms, it's a parent. And so when we were raising our children, my goal was not simply to get them out of the house without, you know, breaking too many things. Or my goal wasn't for just for them to be healthy adults. My goal was for them to be effective parents. Mm-hmm. And so my view, and, and now as we watch our kids in their you know, adulthood and being parents, we see that being worked out. And that's what's so, I think, so gratifying about being a grandparent is that, that we recognize that success is, is the third generation. Hmm. That's what we're hoping to see. And I think spiritually, it should be the same way that I'm, that we're looking for that third generation where we help, you know, people and they become mature adults, but then they, also become effective spiritual parents and when that happens you know that's my that's my great celebration but i can celebrate any progress you know along the line in future podcasts we're going to talk about some tools that uh, you might recommend but right yeah. now um i want to ask just a couple of things about what what would be some beginning tools you would recommend i know we're going to go into more in depth in the future about high quest uh, how would you tell a person who wants to get started making disciples, what would be the first tool or tools that you would recommend for them? A couple of things. Um, uh, dealing when I'm involved with uh, helping churches with discipleship, what became obvious was that most church leaderships 
have never been, quote, discipled. They've never been mentored. They, they got to wherever they are in terms of maturity in sort of a neglectic fashion. And so it's not that they're not mature, but they never were mentored to get there. So now we're talking about mentoring, and it's a skill set they never experienced. So it's, it's sort of like it's new. It's a new thing. I think there's a resource that can help people kind of capture what that is, written by a friend of mine. Uh, is published by Nav Press. It's called The Ways of the Alongsider. And uh, Bill Mowry takes the term alongsider and makes that equivalent to a disciple maker in that it's not quite as threatening. And it carries the idea of just coming alongside somebody, but we're moving in a direction. So that's a 10-week kind of a workbook deal. I would suggest uh, if somebody's interested in mentoring, they find another person, either if they're a woman, another woman, but get a couple, another person, and and work through that together. Perhaps you're sort of what's involved in this mentoring process, if you want a starting point. Having done that, or if you don't want to do that, then I think the next thing is select a, a resource or a tool that will help you intentionally disciple somebody that will build not only the, that has within it, not only the the, the information or, uh, or the conviction part, but the skill level. And in that arena, there are three that come to mind that I think any one of them will work. Uh, they all involve both concepts and skills, somewhat build around the wheel illustration. But one of them is called the, the Colossians 2-7 series. That's a three-book, 12 lessons in each one. The other one, as you mentioned, is we did, we developed, there's one for men and women uh, called the High Quest series, and that also does it. And then a third one that is out there now that's usable is called Every Man a Warrior. There's a, there's a version for men, a version for women, but, but Every Man a Warrior is a, is a gender specific discipling tool, uh, that also could be used. And they're pretty, um, uh, if you have any background at all, it would be pretty easy to use those tools and and do it with somebody to help them in the process. So um, those would be some places to start uh, if, if you've never had any experience with uh, mentoring. Now, you alluded to this previously, but I want you just to uh, kind of come back to it for a moment as we close, and that is say a few words to the person who uh, would like to get started. Uh, you've mentioned some tools. Uh, what would be some other concepts or some encouragement you'd give to someone who would like to get started making disciples? Uh, what are your, does it have to be a super Christian doing this or can anyone do it? No, anyone, anyone can do it. I think the, uh, for me, is for somebody who knows less than you do. That's kind of the starting point. Yeah. And there's, and there's gotta be a lot of people that, that know less than, than you do. And, and just say to them, uh, I'm on this journey. Uh, come with me. This, this is kind of a pilot thing. And, but, but let's just sit down and you and I, uh, let's go on a trip together and let's pursue this thing of, of being a disciple. And uh, I'll share with you what I know. And maybe we'll just kind of go through this resource together. Uh, at the very least, it's let's just sit down and read the Bible together. Uh, let's just meet let's, every week. Let's sit down and we'll just start through the book of John. And let's just sit and read it and, and read it and talk about it. And how do we apply it? But let's get into the Bible together as a minimum uh, in terms of a skill and then build your relationship 
Uh, I mean, discipleship to me is is not counseling. It's not it's not problem driven or issue driven. It's it, it's following Christ driven. But as we pursue that, uh, issues come up that it, it will address. So we deal with issues, but its focus is on let's w- build a relationship with Christ. Uh, that's the starting point. And you can just start reading the gospel and doing that with somebody and just say, let's, let's start a journey and do it together and see where, where it takes us. I really like what Ron said about what might be considered a win in disciple making. Simply helping someone take the next step, growing a little closer toward Christ and maturity in Him. I think Ron is very practical, has great insight, and is very inspiring. Please check out our show notes for more information and resources. Thanks for being with us on this journey as together we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.